Welcome to The Well, a podcast all about living wisely and faithfully as a follower of Christ. The goal? To give you guidance, food for thought, and to encourage you as you engage the people and situations that you encounter daily. Now, here's your host, Sean Barkley. Friends, greetings, and a long time no talk. It's been two weeks since I last did a podcast, took a little time away, but now as I sit here, it is Independence Day, the 4th of July, and I hope you're having a terrific day. I really hope that when we look back on today, whether it be tomorrow or whenever you listen to this podcast, it will have been a good Independence Day in America because I think a lot of us are concerned there is the potential for it to be a not-so-good day. And so my prayer and my hope is that it will be. I was reading an article not long ago that was basically an open letter to church pastors. It was written by a pastor who was talking about some of the challenges we're facing in the church today. And he began his letter by pointing out that this is a very divisive time in America. And I agree with that. It's probably the most divisive or divisive, depending on where you're from. The most divisive time that I can remember in my life, certainly in my adult life, I don't remember it ever being like this before. And a lot of us are feeling angry and sad and depressed. And I am right there with you if you're feeling those ways. You think about what's going on this whole pandemic and the debate that is now centering around how we respond. Do we shut down again? Do we try to rely on something called herd immunity? You know, how are we going to deal with this? And we have people on opposite ends of that debate that are very impassioned as they present their perspective. And of course, we have the culture, quote, wars going on that we see on the news and uh, issues related to racial justice, issues related to law and order. We have a presidential election coming up in four months, almost from today, and we're very divided politically as a country. And so all these things are happening, and, and they, they don't happen in a vacuum. The church is impacted by them as well. And what the author of the letter was observing in the church that he serves is something that I have not yet observed here. But he was observing, and I pray that I don't. I'm a pastor of a Presbyterian church. I'm aware that some of you listening to this podcast are not a part of that church. Uh, he was observing that folks in the church he serves who formerly loved each other and raised their kids together and drank coffee together on Sunday morning, who served on committees together, who prayed together, who served together, who worshiped together, who by the power of the Holy Spirit built the church together, now find themselves on opposite ends of the spectrum as it relates to these issues. And they're angry with one another, and they're becoming hostile toward one another. And because they're not seeing one another face-to-face right now, this anger is playing out on social media and other platforms, and it's creating great division within the body. And that's tough. It's a tough time to be in the church, and it's a tough time to be in church leadership. And how do we respond? You see, it's a, it, the, one of the challenges that I, I'm feeling as a leader in a church is that we were founded on being together in Christian community and breaking bread together and praying together and listening to the apostles teaching together and serving one another and serving others together. And now it's hard to do that. And so my response has been to turn to God's Word and try to look for some principles that He gives me personally, that I think he also gives the church at large, as to how to deal with these divisions and deal with this difficult time. And my mind went to Romans chapter 14. Paul was dealing with a divided church. The church was divided in terms of ethnicity. 
there were Jewish Christians and there were Gentile Christians. There were believers coming from very different places and very different perspectives, and they were trying to make it work in one body. And their, their differences centered around certain behaviors, what to eat, what to drink, how to socialize. And at the core was, who was more righteous than the other? And Paul was kind of stuck in the middle with that. I mean, imagine, if you will, that he was holding hands with two groups of people. One group of people, the, the, the Gentile believers. The other group of people, the Jewish believers. And they were both pulling him in the opposite direction. He was trying to pull them closer to one another. And in many ways, I think that's what the goal or the role of the church is today. To, to pull us back together. Because when I think about the different issues that we are facing, again, you know, the pandemic and uh, issues related to justice and culture and politics, the truth is if you and I place our hope and place our energy in those, quote, issues, um, I think we're going to be awfully disappointed. Because no matter how deeply rooted we get in, and, and deeply invested we get in those issues, we're going to find that there's not a whole lot of satisfaction there. And we're going to find ourselves being very, very disappointed and very, very let down by people. And so the role of the church, I believe, is to kind of bring us together under the umbrella of what it means to be a follower of Christ and what it means to be led by the power of God's Holy Spirit. So here's what Paul wrote to those Christians. Again, remember, they were so deeply divided, they could probably relate to what you and I are going through today. He wrote, welcome one another and do not quarrel over opinions. Well, there you go. We've all got our opinions. We've got our political opinions. We've got our opinions related to COVID-19. We've got our opinions related to the culture war. And the truth is, uh, none of us are epidemiologists. I don't think you're listening to this. And yet we have opinions. And none of us are deeply connected with what's going on in the, quote, culture war. And yet we have our opinions. And to my knowledge, none of us are national politicians. At least if you are, I'd like to know who you are if you're listening to this podcast. And yet we have our opinions. Do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the other eats only vegetables. Okay. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed them both. Who are you to pass judgment? In other words, why are you worried about these peripheral matters? Do you not see that the power of God, that, that God's work in your life by the Holy Spirit, can help you overcome your differences. That's what Paul is encouraging that first church to do. You see, they just had this difference. I think I'm more righteous than you. And the other was like, hey, I think I've got more freedom than you, and I think that you are stuck in the old ways. And Paul's saying, listen, those are opinions. You cannot allow those to divert your attention from what God is trying to do. And so think about that in terms of what we deal with as a church. What would Paul's advice be to you and me? Would his advice be that we should get on social media or we should use some kind of platform as the church to let our political opinion or let our opinion on different issues um, out into the world and to bash those who do not hold the same opinion? Is that what he would encourage us to do? I don't think so. I think rather he would say, you know what? The only hope of the world is the gospel. 
Maybe you've heard it said before, or maybe you've even thought this before, that humanity is essentially good. Have you ever thought that, hey, we're all good people. At our core, we are good. You know, may I suggest to you that we are not good? In the words of Chevy Chase, the great theologian from the movie Caddyshack, you, you're not good. <laughs> you and I look in the mirror, and we do not see good. What we see is a fallen, broken, infallible person. The Bible calls it original sin. The Reformers called it the total depravity of humanity. We are not fundamentally good. Therefore, by our own efforts, we cannot possibly solve the issues that are surrounding us today because we are just not fundamentally good. And so why as a church would we focus on human answers to these questions rather than spiritual answers? And I'm not suggesting that the one I serve does or that the one that you attend does. What I'm saying is we need to be careful that we don't do that. Rather that we rely on the gospel. You see, what God does is He takes these fallible, fragile, broken, sinful people, the ones that you and I see in the mirror, and by the power of Christ, by His death on the cross, He redeems us and restores us we receive the gift of God's Spirit, and by that Spirit, we are able to experience the fullness of God's grace. We're able to live as people filled with grace and filled with love who, who do God's good work. And so, in my mind, it's not the role of the church to get deeply embroiled in taking sides in these debates. And what I've tried to do is, is see both sides of the debates and try to understand both sides. And so, yeah, don't get me wrong, when there's an issue that relates to justice, I believe that God calls us to stand for what is just and what is right. Remember, that's what God's justice is. He's going to make things right. And so, for example, let's take the, let's just take what I just talked about earlier. Let's take the, the COVID-19. As I look at that, I think the church's position is that we're not going to be anxious, nor will we be arrogant. We're not going to live huddled in fear, as we've talked about before. We will also not arrogantly live our lives that endanger other people by the way we're acting. When it comes to the issues related to racial justice, I believe that we can pray for, and in our own small way, work for the elimination of oppression and the elimination of prejudice and the elimination of injustice, whether it be based on race or what have you. We can also at the very same time, work for and pray for, you know, order and people's property not being destroyed and their livelihoods not being destroyed and people not taking their belongings. We can do both. When it comes to this election that's coming up in, in four months, you know, I know that it probably feels good to get on social media and call different political figures names. That, that doesn't feel good to me. That doesn't resonate with me, but I know maybe that feels good. I don't know that that's really very helpful or healthy. Rather, what we can do is just pray for this country, exercise our right to vote. And when the candidate who wins is inaugurated, then we support that person and pray for that person as best we can. Do we have to agree with everything that person says or does? No. But let's not throw a temper tantrum and have a hissy fit either. Let's just be good and faithful citizens. That's what the role of the church is. We are to be centered on Christ and encourage people in their walk with Him not to be distracted by matters of opinion. 
and there are opinions absolutely everywhere. You know, I love the story of Billy Graham. It was actually uh, brought to mind in this open letter to pastors. Billy Graham, at one point in his ministry, realized he was being used as a political pawn. And different sides were trying to use him and have him serve as their mouthpiece, whether it related to Watergate, the Vietnam War, what have you. And Billy Graham's response to that was to distance himself from all of that. Because here's what he understood. The people who came to hear him preach did not come to hear his opinions on Vietnam or Watergate. They came to hear the word of life. They came for the gospel. And I believe that's what the church is called to focus and be centered on, is the gospel. To not allow ourselves to become so deeply embroiled in these issues that these secondary issues, many of which are matters of opinion, become primary. No, it's the church's role, and I believe my role as a pastor, to keep us forever focused on the gospel, forever focused on the good news, knowing that that's where our hope is. Our hope is not found in how the culture deals with certain things. Our hope is found in Christ. Now, does Christ call us to be active in the culture? Absolutely. Does He call us to be good and faithful citizens? I believe He does. But first and foremost, He calls us to be faithful disciples and to be one with Him and one with one another. And so wherever you happen to be today on this 4th of July, whatever church you happen to be affiliated with, I, my prayer is that you will work for reconciliation within the body, uh, that you will love and support one another, that you will abstain from allowing opinions as they relate to the culture, have more power than the gospel does in your life. That's what we're working for. So anyway, I know I've been on a rant today, but like I said, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Again, I hope that uh, you have a great day and that when we look back on today, it will have been a good Independence Day. You take good care. I'll see you next time.